says I just whipped your ass. That I am the best on this microphone, in that ring, even in commentary. Nobody can touch me. Woo! Welcome, loyal listeners of the True North Nerds uh, Podcast Network. This is another episode of Mount Russellmore. So if you don't like pro wrestling, you might not like this show, because that's all that we're doing. It's the show where uh, me and a bunch of our regulars uh, get together, talk about pro wrestling in terms of who is on our Mount Rushmore of, and then we have a particular point of wrestling that we go into. This time, we're tackling tag teams. With us are... Uh, let's start with Ryan. Hello. And we have Ed. Hi. And we have Ed Snowhawk Cosplay, who for this show will be referred to as Snowhawk, so we don't get the Ed thing mixed up. Yep, that makes it a lot easier. We're probably going to do it regardless. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, this was an interesting one for me, and I think everybody, because... I, I'm going to bet we've got some similarities like last time, but we didn't really firm up our lineups until like probably today. I don't, unlike last time, last time where I think we had very similar lists, there were some deviations from it, but mm-hmm. when you're talking about the greatest wrestlers of all time, it's kind of tough not to mention people like Stone Cold Steve Austin, yeah. The Rock, Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair. Uh, with tag teams, I have a feeling maybe only one of each of our four-pack is going to be chosen. I'm thinking two, but two? we shall see. All right, well. Who wants to go first? Well, I can go oh, first. I guess Ed's being volunteered. Okay, yeah. Snowhawk, what? Okay. who's on your list? All right. So, so oh, to, to reiterate the rules, four faces on Mount Rushmore plus runners-up. Yeah. Yeah, so I've got, uh, I have six on my list, so basically four on my Rushmore, and I've got two two honorable mentions, but uh, in no particular order, but let's just go with the best of all time, Heart Foundation. Ooh, good one. Yep. Any particular reason? Well, it's got to be Brett, Brett and Anvil, not the later on, like not the faction of the Hart family. Yes. Of like Owen and Bulldog with... Mm. Brett and, and Anvil. I'm talking, you know, mid '80s, like '86, '87. Before they were villains, or oh, sorry, after well, they, they were villains, or while they were villains. What's I'm saying? With yeah. Jimmy Hart. No, but I'm talking like the the tag team run with Jimmy Hart in the '80s, like at the same time where you got the Killer Bees, you've got British Bulldogs, British Bulldogs, uh, Demolition, Demolition, Strike Force, but. Uh, 
you know that uh, that version of Bret Hart and Anvil, mm. just because. Well, how can you not choose Bret Hart? He is the greatest of all time. Like he's the yeah, best he is time. the greatest of all time. Yes, but there was a lot of magic too when you get him and Anvil together because Anvil is your power move and talker. Like yeah. if you look at the, especially when they started out, Brett wasn't doing promos no. or was doing like the end of them and wasn't particularly good. But you had Jimmy Hart. Yeah, yeah that's why they like, had well, Jimmy. Jimmy Hart is a great is, is a great mouthpiece, and you know uh, Jim Neidhart had a certain intensity to him too. Like oh yeah. When Jimmy starts into the promo and then and then Anvil gets gets into it, it wasn't until later that Brett could actually figure out yeah, how to just talk with his goatee and yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, no, that's a great tag team. You figure, what was it, two times they held the WWF championship or tag team championships. You've got Brett, who is the greatest technical wrestler of all time. You've got just straight power moves out of Anvil. Yeah, uh, they're they're the the quintessential technician power guy tag team. Uh, like I'm, I don't think they were the first, obviously, but they're definitely one of the first ones you think of when you think of that. Yeah. And you, and when you look at it that way, it's you get the best, best of both worlds plus their family. Yeah. So that that works too with their chemistry and and how they could come across. So yeah, the number one or the the first face I would carve under the mountain would be uh, Brett and Anvil as Heart uh, Foundation. All right. The Next on my list is one I've grown an affinity for over the past few years. Okay. Because, you know, as we touched base on first WrestleMore, we're WWF territory here, or WWE territory. Yeah. We yep. didn't get much of the NWA, uh, but the Midnight Express. Mm. Mm-hmm. Going, when I did have the WWE Network and going back and watching a lot of the back catalog of yeah. Starcades, and you look at... This stuff that the Midnight Express did, and that's you know the, as we're kind of discussing here on the before we hit record, there's been several versions of the Midnight Express. So I'm talking Dennis Condry and and uh, Bobby Eaton, mm. and then Bobby Eaton and Stan Lane. So I I consider just the Midnight Express both versions. Okay, because uh, I, they they were top level performers. Yep, both versions of the Midnight Express. And I'm talking, and Jim Cornette is, you know, a major part of that too. Mm. And you know, they held the title. They they sold out venues all over the South. So, you know, they they were very big in the NWA and Jim Crockett promotions. Um, actually, what was it? 2018, December 2018. So actually, this weekend. Um, when we're recording, I was at Nashville. Comic-Con. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. I was at Nashville Comic Con and met Jim Cornette, and Dennis Condry was there, and Bobby Eaton. Oh, okay. So I actually had the opportunity to meet them in person. Um, Dennis has had like he had throat cancer, Oof. so he had part of his larynx removed, and he had a you know like the whole, the, the hole in his in his throat. Uh-huh. So. The funny thing is, is when I went up to talk to him, the only way he can talk to you is by putting his thumb into the hole. Yeah. So you're going to talk to him like this. And so I'm talking to him, and then it was a you know, pleasure to meet you. And he pulls his hand away, and he goes to shake shake my hand. And, of course, his, like, his, like, his, say, his, his hand is wet. So it was a little bit 
uh, you know, before the days of COVID. So you're just like, yeah, I'll just wipe that off my hand. I'm good. Mm-hmm. Or on my pants. I'm good. But What's a pandemic? <laughs> this isn't contagious. But, uh, Should have put it on like a tissue in a Ziploc bag and sold it as like Dennis Condry neck juice or yeah. something. Oh. But, um, you know, for being consummate bad guys in, in the NWA and, and uh, Mid-South and Mid-Atlantic, mm-hmm. I have rarely met three of the nicest people in wrestling. You know, like Bobby Jim- Eaton, after he passed, that is all you heard about yeah. the guy is how nice of a person he was. Like, I, I bought, uh, I got a bunch of merchandise from Jim Cornette. Yeah. And I got time to talk to him before i left i'm like hey i'm gonna take this opportunity to talk to him again before i leave and he was busy and uh bobby he he looks over and he's like hey go over here and i walk over he's like can i help you with something i said no i said i just got some stuff from jim i just wanted to say goodbye before i left but i said you know i was gonna say goodbye to him and then come over and you know introduce myself real quickly and he's like oh and and uh yeah i kind of bullshit a little bit yeah but uh you know just going back and watching the stuff that was on the network like they were consummate tag team professionals Mm -hmm. the stuff that they did was just amazing like they knew what to do as far as tag team wrestling so you know they're and and that's both versions with dennis and with yeah with stan and the stuff that as you said, like when Bobby Eaton passed away, all the stuff you hear about Bobby Eaton, all the people he inspired. Yeah. Like he was, he's a lot of wrestlers' he's, favorite He's wrestler. weirdly one of those guys that when I think of WCW, he's one of the first guys I think of because when WCW came up here, for me it was with TBS and their Saturday night show. Yep. And he was all over that thing, whether he, like mid-card to low-card at that point. But like he was pretty much on every single week, and, and there was nobody he couldn't wrestle with. Yeah, exactly. And there was no, there was he could wrestle every style. Uh, and he was in a horrible gimmick, but like looking back at it, what a great set of guys in the ring. Him and Steven Ringle were yep. were they the Blue Bloods? Yep, was that what they were called? What an awful gimmick to saddle him with, yep. but like at the same time, those two guys were amazing. Well, and even yeah, you look at Stephen Regal and what he could do, and, mm. and like just so. No, uh, Midnight Express, and, and they've held multiple championships, yep. multiple promotions, whether it be Memphis or Mid South or or Mid Atlantic. Okay. Uh, next on my list, Edge and Christian. Oh, okay. You know, Edge became you know one one of the top WWE champions of all time, but I still think his best stuff was with Christian. I can see the argument for it. They were definitely a really solid tag team. They, you know, when they sort of helped usher in the Attitude Era. Mm-hmm. You know, but their pose downs at the beginning of the match. No, the, I mean, taught like even before that. Well, but like, I mean, I, yeah, the, I'm talking about the you know, yeah, the more of the, the end of the brood era by time Gangrel got out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. But when they you know because they're coming in with their big sunglasses and their outfits, and they'd be like, they do their you know, okay. That was like the what a five second pose. Yeah, and they shouldn't, like that's at the beginning of uh, ruthless aggression. Was it that far? Yeah. Was it that like, later? No, no okay. that was way after the, the Hardys and, and the Dudleys. Yeah, they went through kind of a couple different stages. Yeah. yeah. But oh, no, way. I know. I'm totally on board with this pick. So, so. 
like what are they 11 time tag team champions or something like that i would not be surprised if that is a correct number because that, that's also in the era where yeah like, titles got past, traded passed, a lot yeah every other week. But, but then also at that time too you've got the dudleys you've got the hardys you've got edge and christian you've got three of the attitude era's best tag teams mm. you know and and DX, you know, Triple H and, and Shawn Michaels at that point are there too. But I really think that those three teams sort of held the tag team division together. Oh, definitely. No, no but, argument on that But side. the stuff that Edge and Christian could do, when you got two guys who can talk just like as far as promos and talking, both, yeah. both can do it. Um, the extreme stuff that they were doing back in those days, you know, high-level performance – and well, also, both of them became multiple champions. Although, and Christian was able to be a multiple champion in multiple well, leagues. Yeah. yeah, you know, and even both guys in their late forties are able to come back from injury and perform at a high level. Yeah, the uh, they've often said that, like, well, their ma- their ladder matches with the Hardys, and then later with the Hardys and the Dudleys. Like the tables, ladders, and chairs yep. matches, like cr- basically set some standards. But even then, like a couple of those guys in that match are like, maybe we shouldn't have gone that hard. Yes, because <laughs> like oh yeah, looking back at it, you know, as old men and feeling the, the feeling all those well, old. Well, not just that, but uh, like now the generations since then trying to top what well, they yeah. did is no the stuff that they did was revolutionary and it inspired like I. I Still, don't think you have parts of Ring of Honor or AEW. Oh, definitely not. Christian. You, you, you don't. Like plain and simple, there's guys in the Bucks are a prime example. Yeah. Without Edge and Christian, and without the Hardys, you don't have the Bucks. Yeah. Plain and simple. Now, like that whole era of the Attitude Era ended up, you know, creating garbage wrestling, where it's not really technical stuff. It's more of the the, you know carnage of tables ladders and chairs but when they did that back in the late 90s early 2000s it was unseen before so the stuff at least by a mainstream audience yeah yeah Yeah. so no uh edging christian and uh, before you get to your last one who's your runners up okay so runners up are owen and bulldog oh yeah they were a really good team Again, they were a great team, and this is the I'm talking Owen and Bulldog just before 1997 Heart Foundation. Yeah, you know when Owen and Bulldog were were you know they're competing against Shawn Michaels and Triple H and and everyone else in the tag team division. They held multiple WWF cha- uh, tag team t- championships. Mm. Uh, both both are high level performers. You know, Owen is about as technically great as what Brad is. And you get Bulldog, who is probably more of a power guy than Anvil. Yeah. And Bulldog could wrestle at a top technical level, too. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look at SummerSlam 92 in uh, Wembley Stadium. 
And if you read Brett's book and believe him, he was high on crack. Yeah, believe Bulldog's <laughs> wife. But, you know, that was a great match. Yeah. So, no, Owen and Bulldog were, uh, you know, my runners-up. And my other runners-up, just because I love to watch them, and that's the Rougeau brothers. I... It's my guilty pleasure. I love them. Well, I don't things. think there's anything guilty about them. So, Like, they were... Like, fundamentally, they were very sound. They were good talkers, both of them. Yeah. Um, they just weren't around... In my head, they're not around very long. They were only a couple of years... Well, Jacques was around for a long time. Yeah. Ray, Ray wasn't. Like, it was only a couple of years that Ray was in before he he retired and became an announcer. Mm. I still pop every time they show the French announce team on... on when he's part Ray of it, Rougeau. yeah. I uh, got to meet Jacques Rougeau three or four years ago when he came to uh, GTA Comic Con. Oh, okay. Because yeah. that was a that was actually a fun day because it was Jimmy Hart and Jacques Rougeau. Yeah, and Jacques was super cool. And if you watch, like one of my favorite Dark Side of the Moons is the one about uh, Dynamite Kid. And oh, Dark uh, Side of the Ring. Yeah, sorry, Dark, Dark Side, Side of the, the Moon. I'm like, there's a, wait, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, sorry, Dark Side of the Ring. When they're talking to Jacques about uh, his rivalry with Dynamite. Oh, <laughs> yeah, he's Look, a great storyteller. Yeah, and probably most of his stories are bullshit. Oh, yeah. at least he knows how to lay the bullshit in good, so it's fun to listen. I, to. I would also add Raymond Rougeau, one of the best mustaches in pro wrestling ever. Yes, <laughs> and and even if you look at Jacques, like you know, later on. Where he became the Mountie, and then you know, friend of the show, PCO, yep. joined with him. Um, so no, that was my guilty pleasure. I loved, I loved the Rougeaus. Okay, and uh, so yeah, my runners up are Owen and Bulldog, and, and the Rougeaus. And fourth, you know, got to be the Road Warriors. Okay, I think the Road Warriors, especially for this area, where as we said before, we're a WWF territory. But you knew who the Road Warriors were. They were on like every them and Dusty Rhodes were the ones from outside of WWF who were on every wrestling magazine. Yeah, you knew who the Road Warriors were, even though you never ever saw a match with them. Yep. Now going back and and watching this stuff on the network, and then you ex, you know you see the Road Warriors versus Midnight Express or Road Warriors versus yeah. Uh, or for those of you who don't know, the Legion of Doom. Well, yeah, when they yeah. actually came over and became the Legion of Doom in the WWF. But by that point, they just didn't... It's not the same as when you go back and watch the old stuff. Like, the Legion of Doom was not really the Road Warriors. Well, and... Yeah. Oh, I'll save my comments for later. <laughs> but, <laughs> I circle back to them, let's say. But, not to um, give anything away. Even just, like, technically... You know, they weren't technical wrestlers. They are just pure power guys. But great promos. Like, even... You know, how many years since uh, Road Warrior Hawk is dead, been and died, but then you can hear the water rush. Yeah. Right? Um, I got the opportunity, actually, at another um, uh, collector toy show, like one of Colin's shows. Uh, uh, Joe was there. Animal was at that show. Mm. So I got the opportunity to talk to him. So he was very cool and really enjoyed. Like, again, super nice guy. Great interactions with him. We we shot some stuff with Doctor Steve on Steve's YouTube channel. So, and uh, the uh, the owners of Zoo Boss. Yes. So, uh, 
you know, I guess it just happened to be, you look at my list, uh, Heart Foundation, Midnight Express, Edge and Christian, and Road Warriors, I've met members of the team of three of those. Because I've, I've met Brett, I've met Shock, I've met Dennis, I've met... Where'd you meet Brett? Uh, Toronto Comic Con. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, no, I paid for a photo op with Brett. Um, I've seen Jim and... Oh! oh. Podcast Kitty didn't want me talking anymore. Yeah, uh, hopefully I'll be able to edit that. Um, I did see Jim An- Jim the Anvil Nightheart at a GTA Comic Con. I didn't have didn't have a chance to talk to him. Yeah, he kind of looked a little bit out of it that day. Yeah, well, I'm not sure if it's true, so I'll put allegedly in front of this. I heard like towards the end, it was like you know some post concussion issues shall yeah, we say yeah no it just which he, is too bad he didn't, he didn't look good that day yeah uh, and of course you know jock <laughs> had the chance to meet him so all righty so who wants to follow that one up which one of you two we'll just keep going around okay. the table all right go ahead <clears throat> i i got a few similar to ed or snowhawk sorry um okay number one on my list was number four on his is the road warriors they are, to me, the tag team of all time. Like you said, we are a WWE territory, but everybody knew who they were. Yeah. They could always pack an arena. Everybody wanted to see them. And no matter how many crappy gimmicks the WWE tried to give them, they were still... Like Rocco. Over. Like Rocco. Like Drunken Hawk. Like... Yeah. And Sunny for, like, a couple of weeks. Well, yeah. I'm not even counting that iteration, because I think that was Heidenreich and... <laughs> No, 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 that, no, was, that wasn't this, LOD two thousand. Yeah, that was LOD, but Heidenreich wasn't in that. Heidenreich was still, joined. That was before Drunken Hawk. Yeah. yeah. See, well, around on the same time. WWE is the only territory that really didn't know what to do with them. Where if we went back and rented tapes back then, and you had a Road Warriors match, they just come in the ring and just start beating people up. Yeah. And Hawk could work. Yeah. He had a pretty good program, I think, with Ric Flair at one point. Like just like in, as a singles? Yeah, they they put huh. him in like a singles program. Okay, I've in a, never in a seen title that. program. Actually, he never won the belt, but mm. he was challenging. What, about eighty eight or something like yeah. that. Yeah, so he could work, and they were just, and they were maybe the most copied tag team ever. When you look at what followed, yes, like the Powers of Pain were basically another version of the Road Warriors. Demolition was the WWF version of the Road Warriors until they kind of actually became their own later. Yeah. But when they first showed up, it was like, oh, they're just trying to rip off the Road Warriors in a yeah. really bad way. And then even in the last 10 years, the Ascension was basically another new Road Warriors that just really did not pan out. Yeah, well, it's diminishing returns all the way down, I think, with yeah. the exception of maybe Demolition. Like, Demolition did very well. But Demolition the, the others, Actually, eh. I really, really liked the Powers of Pain. Mm. I was a big fan of theirs, but but I knew they were basically just trying to be another road warriors yeah i think even if you went back to the blade runners the sting ultimate warrior oh, tag yeah, team oh, from Power Man it was 3000 it was yeah put on the makeup weird hair and and following that that same formula we'll get bodybuilders weightlifters as opposed yeah. to athlete athletes although and just whatever for whatever reason the combination of those two guys worked out incredibly well. Yeah. Like, you look at, like, both those guys had other partners that were, depending on how you want to look at it, members of 
the road warriors at different points, like in Japan or in here when one of them was mad at the other and didn't go or injured or something like that, and they had a, a makeshift tag team, and it was never as good. No. They were... The Road Warriors, to me, were like probably the, the best tag team ever. Okay. Well, and I think also what helped with the Road Warriors, too, what held them together in the early days was Paul Ellering. Yeah. You know, like that helped, too, because he... Like Paul Ellering was experienced yeah. within the, the wrestling business, so he kind of helped guide... Hawk and animal to keep them out of trouble. Mm. Yeah, and then like you said, they were always on the magazines. Like, yeah, they wanted to sell a magazine, just throw the Road Warriors on there. Someone's going to buy it. I think what was it? One of the Nintendo games was a Tecmo Tecmo Wrestling or something. They yep. ripped off one of the Road Warriors. Yeah, you know, like it's it's not the Road Warriors, but it yeah yeah you know, same sort of makeup. Yeah, so that was my first one. Okay. Uh, number two, I'm going to go with the Hart Foundation as well. Okay. Like they said, they were, they weren't always the team on top, but they were always near the top. They were in the, probably the best tag division the WWF, WWE ever had was Mm. when you had the Hart Foundation, the Demolition, the Rougeos, the Rockers, the Killer Bees, the British Bulldogs. They were also good. And I think you mentioned earlier the way they complemented each other. Brett was the technician. He can go in there and be all, you know, technical. Yeah. And then Anvil was like the muscle. They 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 were the yin to each other's yang. Like one could do what the other one wasn't doing. Yeah. Kind of thing. And you could also like when they became good guys or baby faces, then you could you could build a heat spot on Brett because you could yeah. beat the shit out of Brett, and then all of a sudden he was able to make a hot tag. Anvil come in, clear the ring, and then tag back into Brett, and then Brett can go back into technical yep. stuff. And I could be wrong, but I think they might have been, like, the first tag team that had, like, a finishing move as a team. Like, a name, like, the Heart Attack. I'm trying to think what other... I know a lot of teams, like, the Rock the Rock uh, and Roll Express had, like, their double super kicks and... Well, the... Uh, like, Midnight Express had the uh, Rocket Launcher. Okay. So, there's, so there are other teams were, that had it, but... But the Heart Foundation's heart attack was a great-looking move. Yes. And that's I think that's where, with tag team wrestling, what makes it amazing is when you have a move like that, a signature move, that you can only do with a partner. Yes. You know, like Shatter Machine or something like that. Or, and, yeah. and that's what I would argue is missing from today's tag team wrestling a lot, is that there's... Very few, like, it's starting to come back now, but for, like, I would say up until two years ago, a lot of the tag teams, even if they were an actual tag team, don't have a tag team finisher or don't have one that is memorable. Yeah. Like, I can, uh, I I love the New Day. I could not tell you if they have a tag finisher or if they do what it is. The only thing I can think of the New Day as as a team move is the Unicorn Stomp. Yeah. It's not a finisher, though. No, it's... no, but that's like a, a combo. Move. Yeah. Well, the Roarders, I don't think the Roarders had a name for it, but didn't one of them put somebody up on their shoulders and the other one would come? Animal would oh, put yeah, the, the, up, the, yeah. They called the, it the Doomsday, uh, Doomsday Device Doomsday in, in WWE. I don't and, know what it was before. And nobody wanted to take that fucker. <laughs> Except for Vince in a strip club. No, that was no, the heart attack. No, that's the heart attack. Was it the heart attack? Yeah. I thought, I thought, he wanted well, to take it, and Brett came straight so from the other side of the bar. So the story in Brett's book is... 
yes, they did do the Doomsday Division, but it was like the kid version of it. Like, you know, yeah, like no power behind it. Okay. Where when Anvil and Brett did it, Brett's like, when the hell am I going to get this chance again? Let's go for it. And mm. <laughs> it's kind of foreshadowing. Yeah. The, the Speaking of which, read Bret Hart's book. It's pretty good. <laughs> so... I don't have to go any further than the Hart Foundation because Ed or Snowhawk did a really good job covering that. Team number three is the Steiner Brothers. Oh, interesting choice. They came to WWF at one time when you know WF still had a really good tag division. The Brainbusters were there at the time, I think, and yep. Demolition and everything. And before he became Big Papa Pump, Scott Steiner could really go. Like he moved fast. They were both had amateur backgrounds from college. Mm. I think they went to U of Michigan. Uh, one of, or Michigan State, one of the two. Yeah. It was Michigan because I remember Rick when they whoever were in the, the varsity had, club he had the Michigan. Yeah, yeah it's whoever Wolverines. has the Wolverines. Yeah, 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 Michigan, Michigan. Like they were both strong. They moved quick. They won titles in WCW and WWF and New Japan. They could go with anybody. I, Rick Steiner, or sorry, Scott Steiner, like coming in at like 250 pounds, could do a beautiful drop kick, do yeah. the Frankensteiner off the top rope. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, he he moved like, and he was fast. Yeah. Like, he moved quick. They were a great tag team in the WWF, but we really didn't even see the best version of them. No. Yeah. Because no. we missed all the WCW stuff. Yeah. But like, they could hang with anybody. So. I don't know what else you want me to say about them. Yep. No, no, no. no. And then number four was tough, so the runners up that got pushed out. Okay. Um, I had the Dudleys as a runner up. Okay. Even though you know they were basically just the hardcore team, but they were probably the most popular of the hardcore teams. And they again, they they won belts everywhere. I'm not going to say they're the original because Public Enemy was out there, and yeah, but nobody liked that working with them. Um, <laughs> apparently, they were sloppy from what I've read. Um, I had the Hardys mm-hmm. and the British Bulldogs. Okay, the Bulldogs, you know, great team, moved around quick, kind of innovators of early stuff. But number four, I'm going to have to go with the Young Bucks. Okay. I think they're a team that's... They brought tag team back to the forefront. Like, they've kind of kept it going. They put on good matches. Some people call it a spot fest, but they've their matches have gotten a little more storytelling mm-hmm. the last little while. They go, they do the high flying, they do the good spots. They're really popular. They make money. They've kind of helped build AEW. They were one of the, the foundations in building it. They know how to work social media. They're, um, I think, they're like one of the first teams to actually start calling out teams from other companies, like out in the like. Yeah. They had a Twitter feud going with the New Day for the longest time, mm. and then it kind of builds excitement with a, with like, yeah, I kind of like to see that actually. And then yeah. you know they had the one going with FTR, and now they've got the face FTR, and they always they always deliver. Yeah. Like, I've seen them live a couple times, and they've always delivered live. They don't I, take the night off. So, like, well, how many times have we seen them live together? Three, four? Yeah, we saw them fight the, the Dudleys. Yeah. No, I, I've i enjoyed seeing them live. I hate them on AEW. Because, I don't know, I guess maybe when we first saw them on, you know, Ring of Honor shows, like when 
Oh, that All Star, the ten man. Yeah, tag, that was fantastic. That was a fantastic match. And then the, the like the last time we saw him when it was uh, them and Kenny Omega taking on. Oh, oh shit! Because I went to that same yeah. show. Yeah. By by that point, it was like okay, I've seen all their bits. Like it just, I was starting to get a little bit bored with them. And now and I'm trying to figure out it who Bullet it was. Club versus War Machine, the Briscoes, yeah, the ROH and, All-Stars. and uh, Roddy Strong. Like, oh, wasn't was it SCU great. or whatever is the equivalent of SCU of at that is. match? Oh, it could have been, yeah. Yeah, it was Kaz and, and Daniels and Kobayashi? No. Uh, uh, Okada, maybe? Okada. Because it was at the, the combo show, right? The, 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 the Ring of Honor. Anyways. Oh, oh uh, Tanahashi? Yeah, Tanahashi. Yeah. But, like, I, I do see where the buck, the Bucks have been able to put themselves out there, you know, yeah. help build AEW, but I just find, you know. I th- I think with the Bucks, for better or for worse, depending on how you want to look at it, they have changed pro wrestling. Like, they're one of those, ta- like, for, they were one of the first ones doing vlogs to get their names out there and get, like, and make something sort of creative out of it. Very, now, like, the, everybody's yeah, got one. very much the self-promotion. They do it yeah. themselves. Because, you know, they were the, you know, one of the first people to get their own T-shirts into Hot Topic. Mm. Yeah. And, the, and it's the template that, like, other, like, not even from a wrestling standpoint, that everybody after them is now following that and improving upon or changing and just, like, using that as the starting point and keep going. Yeah, oh, I get the Bucks are the Hardys are the rockers are the rock and roll express but they've just kind of taken it to a next level yeah like whereas i would say that the hardys for instance cha- maybe changed how tag team wrestling was yeah. is on a whole the bucks have changed wrestling like like yeah. for like for better or for worse like yeah. depending on how you want to look at it but like from a business standpoint they they did a lot of things that wasn't being done at the time and did like fantastically well with it, and they did it all without the WWE. Yeah, the opportunity was there, and they they wouldn't go. And it's not like their popularity slipped. And have they ever said what they got offered? I don't think they did. I imagine it was probably in the seven figures at least. Mm. But I mean, yeah, they they've just they they hustle. They've worked and. And you do get good matches out of them. Like, yeah. They hang with the Lucha, that Lucha Brothers match at the last paper. Yeah. Two pay-per-views ago was on. But I, I have a soft spot for the Lucha Brothers. So. But they've they've hung with FTR. They've hung with, uh, what do you call them? Kazarian and Daniels. So count. Uh, uh, SEU. SEU. They had a good feud with the Hardys in Ring of Honor. They feuded with the Briscoes, who are another good tag team, by the way. Mm-hmm. So... I mean, they've been around, they do the work, and I think, yeah, like you said, they've changed the industry, so they're my number four on the... But, uh, already? But, yeah, funny, sorry, Snowhawk mentioned about the the Viking Raiders. There's another team. Big guys can move. Yeah. WWE has no idea what to do with them. Yeah, that's unfortunate, because, like, I I think I've seen them, like, four or five times, and yeah. they've been great well, all even five if, times. If you look at that uh, that pay-per-view we were at, where it was the ten man. So if you look at it was the Bullet Club, so it was yeah. it was AJ, Young Bucks, Gallows and Anderson versus War Machine, uh, Briscoes and Roddy Strong. And you 
look at Gallows and Anderson going to WWE. WWE didn't know what to do with it. Yep. Same with War Machine. They go in, they change them over to the Viking Raiders and make them a joke. Yep. Which they were dominant and dangerous in Ring of Honor. Yeah. And, you know, like, unfortunately with the Briscoes, have they really been onto the forefront? That's the thing. I, I like the Briscoes, but they haven't gone anywhere. I'm sorry we're really hogging the time over here. <laughs> no, don't, don't, we, don't worry about it. It's our network. We can go as long as we want. Yeah. So, like, I now that Ring of Honor is going to be shutting down and retooling into 2022, I'd love to see the Briscoes go somewhere else. Well, that, I have a theory about that that we'll talk about later. Okay. Alrighty, Ryan, who's on your list? Oh, everybody on my list has been talked about at least once oh, okay. already tonight. So, so next episode, we'll start with you and work our way back. Okay. The same thing happened last time. That's why it's, it just means I get to I get to say less, which is fine because out of all the, of the four of us here, I'm the one with the least amount of wrestling knowledge, especially when you start looking at older stuff. Yeah, because like I didn't get into wrestling until I you know. I was well, ten, eleven years old, you know, in the, in the early nineties. Uh, but I dropped off, you know, like, like some of us do, you know, in, after the Attitude Era, and then I've only recently really gotten back into it. So, but uh, so like everyone else, yeah, Legion of Doom, Road Warriors, they're on the list. You, you can't you, you can't say any more that we haven't already said. You know, is it you who had the the shoulder I, pads? Oh, I had the I had the shoulder. Okay. I, had the I knew somebody that's I knew had the, them. That's when the they one were thing kid. I can add. I went and saw them at a house show at the gardens. Uh, my buddy was my friend's tenth birthday. His his dad bought four tickets, so he took three ten year olds down to, to to the gardens for a wrestling match, and it was uh, the main event was Ric Flair versus Rowdy Roddy Piper. But there was uh, so Legion of Doom. I think was they were fighting uh, the Natural Disasters at the time. There was uh, the Rockers were there, and it was before the uh, shortly before Sean's turn. Uh, I can't remember. There's a few other people. You know, a bunch of things. But yeah, all three of us bought the foam shoulder pads. Uh, I also bought like uh, like the bandana. so I, you know, that that Halloween, I painted my face up like animal and went trick or treating, and no, pff, nobody knew who I was. Did when you I shave went. your head? No, I didn't shave my head. Poser. I know. For the ten year old, po- didn't even commit fully. No. Hawk again is an example of wrestling hair, where it looks cool as a yeah. wrestler, but in real life, but looks at least dumb. I went for the harder face paint. Hawk's face paint was a lot easier to do. It was just like a you know little under a triangle under the one eye and a little thing on the, on the other side. Animals was intricate with a spider, spider and everything yeah. going all over the place. But uh, yeah, so that they're on there for sure. Uh, once again, Edge and Christian, they're on my list. Uh, well, you know, like you said, yeah, they both went on to great things in singles, but when they broke in. And you know, in those matches with the Hardys and the Dudleys, and you know they 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 set a new standard for that. You know they brought that to the forefront. I, uh, back to Edge and Christian. I think what really helped with them too is because the two of them grew up with each other. Oh yeah, like it's not like they all of a sudden met in wrestling school. Like they went to wrestling school together. Like so, I think that really they had that pre-built. You know, they were friends. Yeah. And they were able to come out and you know, be, 
They weren't trying to sell them as brothers at first, were they? Yep. Yes. Yep. Okay. I thought uh, that was brother thought. vampires. In fact, well, that well, Edge but, came in first, and then Christian came in like very shortly really after. after. Yeah. But uh, so yeah, so Edge and Christian. Uh, so those two have been on my list pretty much from day one. That we decided to start thinking. Okay. From here on out, it's been all you know. Uh, uh, yeah, yes, these guys are on my list. But what about these guys? Maybe these guys should be on the list. These guys shouldn't be on the list. I don't know. I hate making lists. Um, and I don't even remember who's on my list. Oh no. <laughs> uh, a team that's been off and on my list, and they're on my list right now, are the new uh, are the Bucks, the Young Bucks. And for everything you just said, you know, like I didn't, I haven't, I had very minimal exposure to them before AEW, and that was mostly coming here and watching New Japan shows, uh, yeah, pay per views the- with you, and seeing the Bullet Club and all that. But I had heard about them because of the social media, because they be, they were becoming so popular that you could, if you're watching wrestling, you couldn't not hear about them. Uh, and then, yeah, like you said, now you know they helped to start this new uh, organization. For better or worse, it is changing things. They put a spotlight back on tag team wrestling, which is I'm happy for. Yeah, uh, I, I I've always loved tag team wrestling, and I'm glad that we're. Well, yeah, and like if that, you were, there's often times where the tag teams are for AEW where they're the main event, and yeah. like other than throw together teams on WWE, you didn't well, see that that much up until the last. And that's like, what WWE almost didn't seem like, especially in the last few years, other than a few people. Didn't know what to do with tag team wrestling. Yeah, and, Vince and, and reportedly doesn't like it. Well, that's, that's... what I was, I was, you know, had heard. Or, but uh, yeah, they and the AEW is not afraid to have factions and teams, and so that's why you get more tag team matches because you've got more groups, which only makes sense because you know if it's supposed to be this wrestling, you know, fighting, and you know, if you're gonna have people's backs and stuff, well, you you're gonna align yourself with a group. You're gonna find a gang. Otherwise, you're out there by yourself. But uh, so that uh, my runner-ups um, before I get into my last team, uh, the Hardys. If you have Edge and Christian, you can't have the Hardys too far behind. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, you know, once again, they were you know all the high-flying team extreme, like all the crazy shit they were doing. Oh, I should have mentioned Jeff Hardy was a bump machine too. Yeah, which, I think he made a lot of edging Christian because that guy. Well, he was willing to take that bumps. that spear off the. He was hanging. He was hanging from the belt. Yep. He jumps off the ladder and t- he was like, "Yeah, no, that's." No, like, I fear for his old age, though. Oh, like, yeah. Not just because of the bumps, though, but all the problems he's had, had because of the bumps since. With them, yeah. Um, and then, and as much as I, I do love them, I wasn't really watching when they were. You know, it's the Heart Foundation. Um, they should, you know, they're at least an honorable mention. But I didn't when I was watching wrestling. It was mostly Brett on his own by then, not the tag team. Like I went back and watched some tapes, but I wasn't the big fan and seeing that by by time you were starting to watch in 90 it was like owen was teaming up with anvil at that exactly point, yeah which you know like it was like the new heart foundation well exactly. that was that's on what I'm like saying. Like, saturdays you didn't see it much in like sort of main event status oh no and then mostly back then you know the most stuff you see anyway was all the was just be like you know they come out and it's just all squash matches now mm. you know this versus you know because you'd see like the the stuff that you watch at lunchtime and all but yeah yeah so. by the time you started watching wwf by that point brett's taking on mr perfect yeah and, and yep. doing his ic run so 
that I think that was actually the first pay per view that SummerSlam that I had at my house and I my like my that my brother my uncle and I you know, we paid for and had it and watched it because uh, Legion of Doom won the title at that that one too they beat the Nasty Boys that year uh, but then so my fourth team though and um, just because yeah why not they they they've won the title enough times they do enough it's a new day. Nothing. Why not? You know, it's a new day. Yes, it is. You know, they got their bootios and you know, they got all their gimmicks that they're selling and all that. But the three of them, they they can wrestle. Mm. You know, they're finally starting to get some individual titles as well. But you know, how many times have they had the t- the tag titles? Well, and, plus and then how long? Yeah, we're what at seven years? The new day has been together. More or less. That would are they. They were pretty not, much the. the are they considered guy. together at the moment? Like no, they're still sort of a, a faction. Yeah, but. yeah, but there's still two of them together as the New Day. There's always at least two of them on one show, continuing mm-hmm. on as the New Day. Because I, I think that they are a revenue generating machine. Oh as well. yeah, yeah. So I don't think WWE really wants to break them up. No, and that's what. It's, and that's probably why, if you look at consistently in the history, they're the only tag team that's they've been really doing something with, or at least been consistent as a tag team and in the tag team division. My only issue with the New Day is who's their feud with? Like, when we mentioned the Heart Foundation, you could mention, like... Usos. Almost 10 teams. Yeah, the were. Usos would be the yeah. the only one that I could come up with. Yeah, though. it's... I know they're good. Oh, yeah, no, no. I don't no, yeah. from you, just... No, no, the communication. My issue is, like... They're, who's like in the division though when they're doing see, this? They're, but that's also the problem. They're big rivalries, and then they sort of pulled the plug on it. Was with the the Wyatts, the Wyatt family, because then they, that's where they yeah this, they yeah. crapped out on that way because too early when they when they went to do the like the swamp fight. Yeah, like that was it was a cinematic match. That was that was one of the best things that WWE had on television for a long time. Mm. And then all of a sudden it was like they pulled the plug on it after that and it, it was done. Yeah. But I would say New Day, like New Day and the Usos. Because even now it's still like Roman Reigns and the Usos versus Big E. And, well, that's and very much and, true, yeah. You know. Yeah, and really, that's no, no fault of their own. It's the no. fault of the short storytelling of WWE versus yeah. the long form yeah. storytelling well, that you, you used to get. Yeah, three, back when you had you four pay per views, three and you, weeks, three weeks, and you try to wrap it up at a pay per view. Yeah, where before is you had three months because you only had four pay per views. Yeah, well, that's like I said, that, like you said, it's not yeah. a fault of their own. Like, no, yeah. WWE's done nothing to build a division around it yeah. to make people care. Okay, so I guess that comes down to me. So some of my choices have been picked, and some of them haven't. So. Again, Heart Foundation for me because they're the first tag team I remember, like like just out out of my wrestling memory. They're the first ones that come to mind that I saw matches with, and it was like just seeing Brett and Anvil work together was really good. And now going back as an adult watching that stuff, it's yeah. Well, you're watching it in a whole different perspective. Yeah, as a wrestling, someone's watched wrestling for so many years. Versus the kid, like that's why, like for me, it was like, yeah, you, you'll see Legion of Doom with those shoulder pads yeah. and the spikes and the the, the, the attitude is like, oh yeah. Sorry, no, it's okay. Um, I actually, 
So Legion of Doom just barely made my list, and here's my mm-hmm. argument why. And but it, it eventually it also came down to booking. I cannot think of a because we didn't have WCW and NWA up here. I can't tell you who Legion of Doom slash Road Warriors wrestled in WWF. I can remember like all their entrances. Like, especially that, that one in Wembley when they're coming down on the, the motorcycles and shit, and even though Rocco was involved. But I can't tell you who their opponents were. And that, and that, for some reason, just sticks out in my mind as, like, kind of a point against them. But you can't argue with the fact that so many teams that the WWF made to try and replicate these guys who had essentially done it on their own. Like, the, between that and good booking in the NWA... It's, they set the template for teams years afterwards. To, to Road Warriors or LOD's defense, they were only in WWE for a couple of years before they left. Yeah, and um, and again, it's not their fault. It's who they were up against. You know, and, and then they I came just, back like, in the in the you know ninety six or ninety seven or something like that. And then they like the only thing I can remember is when they were in that Chicago street fight with uh, Ahmed Johnson in their corner. Yeah. So yeah, like. The Road Warriors and LOD really never had much of a fair opportunity in yeah. WWE. Well, I should say my list is in no particular order as yeah. well. When when Vince didn't want to pay for the name Road Warriors, then that was back when Vince would change people's names. Yeah. You knew who well, they were. But with the brain busters instead of just Tully and Arn, it's... We have to put a name on them. The Bushwhackers, the Texas Tornado, you know, it, it yeah. goes on and on. Um, so, uh, Heart Foundation, Legion of Doom, uh, one team that, uh, I'm pretty sure probably didn't cross a lot of people's mind, but I just absolutely love is the, I guess you would say main or original iteration of Harlem Heat with Booker T and, uh, Stevie Ray. Stevie Ray. I thought those two guys together were just amazing. Like they just worked so so well. Now I'm not counting the one that Ahmed Johnson joins later on. Or what was his name at that point? Big T, I think. Uh, yeah, there, there's a, there's a feud for the letter T at one point in that team. But that just I remember them because they looked like a team. Like, they were brothers in real life, but they had matching outfits. They had tag team finishers. They had great feuds with, like, watch their matches with the Steiners. Yeah. Is just, they were so good. They were big. They were strong. Yeah. And and it's, it's too bad we didn't get much of that anywhere else. Like, they were basically a WCW team, and that was it. We would see Booker T in a number of different places. And showing off, like, why he was so good. And should be brought up probably more than he gets brought up. The A&E biography on Booker T was, like, during the summer there. That's where I had sort of a newfound respect for Booker T and Harlem Heat as a team. Mm. Because that's where, I don't know, like, by time my, my exposure to them was, you know, 96, 97... Nitro, WCW, uh, really didn't get to see them in the early 90s. Mm. But, yeah, that A&E biography did a really good job on showing on how good Harlem Heat was. Yeah, and 
the Booker T's book is uh, like his first book, which basically is his life before wrestling, is a really fascinating read. So there's those three runners up. I had a lot. The Dudleys are in there, it, it and we're very very close. Um, Edge and Christian were in there at one point. It, it's this last spot kept swapping around a lot. Um, the the last one who was on my list back and forth was were the Bucks uh, for all the reasons we we've talked about since. The weird part is is the guys who got that slot sort of are another template for the Bucks. Just they never they have yet to achieve what the Bucks ended up doing. And that's the Briscoes out of Ring of Honor. I've had the chance to see those guys live, I want to say five or six times. They are so good as a team. They are what makes them good, not just beyond wrestling, because as wrestlers, they're both really good. But they can switch modes to whatever you need them to be. You need them to be a, a heel tag team. They will be a the hated heel tag team within a week. You want them to be the the the, the baby faces. Give them a week. They will be over with the crowd like nothing. Yeah. They they can do comedy. They get, both guys can wrestle singles. It's sort of a shame that they've never had a bigger platform to be on. Now, hopefully, it's sad that now that Ring of Honor is retooling or whatever they want to say that a lot of people have lost their gigs but at the same time maybe this is the time that somebody takes a chance on the briscoes and i know there's unfortunately one of them has made some pretty shitty comments on social media on social media that some homophobic stuff that hopefully he has learned on because that was over a decade now and he, he, nothing has popped up since, at least publicly. So the, it would be nice if maybe if he's learned his lesson and he, they get onto a bigger stage that they can really show off what they do before. Like, because those guys have been wrestling so long, like over 20 years now, that the, they probably don't have much time left depending on their schedules and stuff and what what is it the wrestlers called the bump card yeah. but like either uh, I would be happy kind of to see them in either would I prefer AEW yeah just because the teams you could match them up with but even a good solid run in WWE if they booked them right which is a very big if would be like them in the new day I I love to see that or uh, or the Usos would also be a fantastic set of matches. So the only thing is, is I really couldn't see them coming into WWE the way WWE is structured now. No, they're not looking for guys like because that. Because the last guy to really come in to go straight onto the main roster, get over huge with the crowd, was AJ. Yeah, coming in number six at the Royal Rumble. Everyone was he number three? I thought he was number six. It was down there because yeah, we were all watching first, together, yeah, and then because Jay like shut up, like the, <laughs> you know, like AJ had one of the best. Like, okay, you you come into the promotion, you're right onto the main card. No, no going through NXT first, like other guys like Samoa Joe or, or mm. Finn Balor. Um, I really couldn't see. But even team. now, like the way they've retooled NXT and their current mandates, they're they're not going there either. No. 
So no, the last time I watched NXT, the only people I knew was Gargano and Champa and Roddy. That's yeah, it. everyone and else is gone. There's a good chance those guys are on their way out yeah. when their contracts are Gargano's up. Gargano's contracts up this month. He signed an extension for this weekend, so I think he's done like at the end of next week or something yeah. like that. Unless they sign him up again. Now, a little bit of a tangent here. So, say Champa Gargano leave NXT, where do they go? That's an interesting Tony question. Tony can't sign everybody. No, he and can't. shouldn't. And, and he, he shouldn't, shouldn't sign everybody. No, because then you start getting into WCW territory. Tony Khan can sign guys to come in just for a short period of time, saying. And I think there's some merit to doing that, like yeah. what he did with uh, Matt Cardona, but maybe make something more substantial out of it. Bring him in for like two months and then let him go again. Let's like see how the crowd reacts to it, or a three months build up to a pay per view. Gargano, weirdly, I think he would be better off served going to Impact. Yeah. Like, I think he just would sort of fit in there a little bit better and wouldn't have as much, I don't want to say baggage, but like he wouldn't have the connections to a lot of those guys in Impact. It would be a lot of new stuff that he would be doing there. So, and his style fits in. Well, plus. And he's going to be a dad soon, so the, you know the way things are in Impact and AEW, he could probably go between either promotion. He give, give him three months. That what are they calling it? The Forbidden Door will open up again, and Japan would be a good place for Gargano. Chomp, I'd be surprised to see WWE let him go just because he's he's proven to be so good when he's healthy. See, I could see Champa mm. just retiring from wrestling and being an agent, a trainer or an agent. Yeah. Uh, Roddy's another one that I don't know where he goes. Apparently, Roddy resigned. Oh, that's I have no idea where he fits in. But okay, apparently, I really like him. But Kyle, Kyle O'Reilly's contract is almost done. Yep, and Roddy resigned. Owens is almost done too. Yeah, Owens apparently is done in January, and unless he resigns. Or well, I don't know. They've already he's put out hints of the Mount Rushmore. Oh, yeah, but he's also in, like they've given him a main event program right now, so. It's yeah. a, I, it's him it, putting out that, the, the hints of Mount Rushmore is also a good way for him for negotiations. Yeah, yeah. but the Bucks have, have done it right back too. Well, yeah, yeah but, but the Bucks it, don't care; they'll, they'll do whatever. Even if yeah, in the but, end it helps their friend get paid more too, whether it's with them or not. WWE has also released people that they just brought up from NXT. Yeah, and, yeah. Oh, I know. You know, and, they cut Braun Strowman after a major program with him. Yep. And even like exactly. even my point of like, well, he's in a main event program. Is that that also seems to be if you're making good sized money there, that almost seems to be a target on your back at this point. Because they cut you, and that brings their overhead down. Well, and then you got your big difference between AEW and WWE, now that everything's opening back up again, is all the travel you have to do with WWE. Yeah. Because he could be looking at, like, guys are telling yeah, you don't have to travel as much over here. You come in, you work a day, and then you can go do whatever the hell you want to do. I was like, oh. Yeah. It, well, that's – it's – there's a lot of guys, like, it's, it's an interesting spot where we uh, – there's now two choices for these guys to work for where like full time. Yeah. As opposed to just trying to get indie work, which you can make a living off of, especially even now you can, but it means you're, you're going hard, like four days, like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday kind of thing. But that's almost what you're doing with WWE now. Yeah, exactly. Like I said, everything's opening up. They're going to start doing all these shows again and you're on the road constantly. Yeah, and it's it's an interesting landscape right now. I'm curious to see where, especially like there's 
Ring of Honor, there's a lot of guys there that, like, unfortunately, I, I, I don't know where they fit into the grand scheme of everything. There's other guys there that, like, I I know are going to end up somewhere. Like or, Danhausen. Danhausen is going to. If he's not already signed with AEW, he should be. Well, and you got a couple of them could go back to Mexico. Yep. Yeah. A couple can go over to Japan. Though Japan's going to. Jonathan yep. Gresham. If, if there should be a bidding war over that dude because he is that good. If he could get. If he can get. Doing promos down, he could fit in either of those places. We'll see. Easy. He's not a WWE guy right there because he basically, well, and, he, he's probably looking at Ricochet. Jeez, they can't do anything with Ricochet. And what the part, hell are they going to do with me? Yeah, and part of the problem also is that they it doesn't seem like they're looking for pro wrestlers. They're looking for athletes in other areas that they can turn into pro wrestlers, mm-hmm. which can work. Like Kurt Angle is a prime example of the, the top of that category, but... Well, they're starting. I just read they're starting a a new thing called Next in Line or something. Yeah, where they they basically actively Scout recruit the college wrestlers. Yeah, well, not just wrestlers, but athletes, football players. Yeah. Best, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Well, I, I was just about to say here to circle, or maybe maybe what's your comment? We might be on the same page here. Well, I know I'm going a different tangent now. Oh, yeah, I had a new tangent, too. Okay, so to <laughs> to circle back to tag teams. Yeah. What is your dream matchup between Different. tag teams? Like, are we talking of all time or teams of all that time. are still? So, like, the first thing that pops in my mind, I would love to see Heart Foundation versus FTR. Oh, oh like, like that we're, game. If we're looking oh. at, like, comic books, like... Battle World. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. We can travel any through team time. from any era and put them against oh, each other. That's a good other. one. I would like to see FTR versus Heart Foundation. All right. Ed, do you got one? I got one that you're going to smack yourself over. I would like to see the Sheep Herders, not the Bushwhackers. Okay. But the Sheep Herders yep. against the Dudleys. What era Dudley? Uh, ECW w? Dudley. Okay. Not... I mean, like, they were able saying, to cause riots, Dudleys. Yes. Okay. That, ooh. Just, it's going to be a mess, but yeah. Uh, yeah, just because the carnage <laughs> involved. Do you got one? Or do you uh, yeah, I'll go? throw one off the top of my head. Uh, Edge and Christian versus the Bucks. Like, I mean, yeah. in their prime, Edge and Christian against the, the Young Bucks. That'll be, yeah, it might be a spot fest, but it's going to be an exciting, an exciting match. There's going to be... You know, the beforehand, the, the on the mic stuff is going to be funny as hell. Mm-hmm. It'll be entertaining. So, uh, Snowhawk brought this one in, into my head. And I think you two will both really like this. FTR versus Tully and Arn. Because yeah, that, <laughs> <laughs> that would, would be that, so good. I would say Tully, uh, FTR is more like Tully and Arn than they are... But that's, that's why I didn't go down that road, though. It's because they're they're almost like the same team. You're watching the same team wrestle each other. Yeah, it's but I like, like I think Tully and Arn would just have just it would bring a slightly different flavor to it, though. Um, beyond that, well, there's so many choices. Ah, uh, see now, I the just Hardys thought, versus the Rockers would be a yeah. No, Bucks versus Hardys. Bucks versus it's, it's like, Ring of Honor. Bucks versus yeah, but Strong. like Hardy's in their prime. Hardy's yeah. like Buc- that's the Bucks versus Rockers. 
Yeah, I, I I could go with that. Bucks versus Rock and Roll Express. I'm trying to think of Bucks versus Legion of Doom or Road Warriors. Two completely different Road styles. Road Warriors versus a team that never came up was Haku and Andre the Giant. Okay. They just because you got these four big guys and just let them all just pound the hell out of each other. <laughs> uh oh. Uh. In their prime, Steiners and uh, Gallows and Anderson. Because you'd have differing of styles and also sizes. Because as huge as Steiner got, like in his prime, he was like, he was what, like 250 maybe? He was still a big guy. He's still a big dude, but he wasn't muscled up to, to everything. He didn't but have a he's, a he's also not like incredibly tall. So him and Gallows. Um, or like even then, like giving somebody a like like the Rockers giving them a big solid base of a team. What I'd like to see right now, I don't know how you could do it though, would be the Usos versus the Gorillas of Destiny. Oh yeah, that's a that's a good set. A lot of bleeps you would have to use <laughs> if it was on American television. <laughs> the Usos versus the Samoans. Oh, like their dads, like yeah. in their prime, their, their granddads, and their granddads. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, because they were Kishi's kids. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so before we get too long here, let's go yeah, yeah. now. My my little thing is, let's jump into the future. Looking at the landscape right now of tag teams and who's out there that's still you know maybe a little rough but has potential. Who do you see right now that's kind of a new teams that might make their way onto? The tag team Mount Rushmore. Hmm. Uh, Is there anybody that you can think of that might? If the Briscoes can get other places and show that they can hang with these other teams, yes, I could see the Briscoes. The issue I see is though, a lot of teams don't stay together long enough though. Like the Bucks and FTR and the Briscoes are kind of like a dying breed. Yep. Because a lot of guys start breaking off into singles. Well, that was that was even a thing when we were kids, though. Like eventually, right? Well, look at little okay. rockers. Yeah. Recently, there was the Killer Elite Squad. Yeah. Which I know you're familiar. I don't know. Davy Boy Smith Jr. and, and Lance, Archer. Lance Archer. And they've both and they were like such a dominant team over in Japan. Yeah. And yeah, but they've since gone their own way. Yeah, they gone their own way, but they also had different separate opportunities. Like Lance got with AEW, Harry got with WWE. He's been released now. Didn't even make TV, which is sad because he, he was wrestling in MLW for a while there, and he's gotten really good. He it's weird. He is more like dynamite than he is his dad, like in his style. But uh, oh, can I bring up some? There's like a whole company that really never got a team mentioned, but had some good tag teams back. Was Impact? Yeah, I mean, you look at like uh, the Mortimer City Machine Guns came out of Impact. The beer money, the bucks, Generation Me wasn't that the bucks? Yeah, but that yeah. was before yeah, they really. Yeah. Beer money was good. Beer money beer was money. definitely good. I I've seen the Motor City Machine Guns a couple times, and they're always good. Yeah. Uh, back to Ryan's question. Well, I was gonna say uh, before you said, I'm surprised you hadn't said it yet. The, the Lucha Brothers. That's where I was. Is, yeah. The, I can't tell you what it is they're missing at the moment. Maybe it's just that. 
Like, because their matches, especially with the Bucks, are really, really solid. I, it, maybe it's just there. there's just one small element that just would push yeah. them over the yeah, edge. It's almost like they need to have that one defining rivalry or something. They and need to they're find getting close. Well, but... the one got unmasked yesterday. Which yep. one? Uh, uh, Penta. Yeah. Oh, at Triple Mania? At Rampage. No, at Ram- I don't know, oh. Rampage. FTR, they, they FTR pulled his match. mask off at the end. Remember, it was Penta and Pac? Yeah. Because Phoenix was out. Well, they went after Pac's good eye, and then they unmasked Penta. Oh. But his, yeah, what's his name? Jumped up and threw his jacket on him, so you couldn't. Well, it, that's that's even done in Mexico from yeah. time to time. Still hoping for that Skeletor mask that his buddy wants to put on him. Their their um, their manager keeps it, like saying like I'm trying to talk Penta into doing like a Skeletor themed uh, ring gear. But he doesn't get it because, like, due to his age, and He Man wasn't a thing for him. <laughs> so. Okay, I've got I've got my future team. Okay, now it's a a Freebirds. You know, it's a three man team. Yep. Yeah, that works. But undisputed era: Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly. Yeah, if they stay together, though. Yeah. If or if they get back, if together. they get back together. If, if they, they had if, had a main roster run, yep. definitely, no question about it. Because they were the hottest thing in NXT. Yep. And I still think if Kyle leaves NXT and he signs with AEW, that is money. You oh. Get, you get Undisputed Era versus the Elite. That will push AEW. They're already the planting the seeds for it if it happens, but it's also the way they're doing it. If need be, they can completely ignore that they yeah. put these out there. I just think- Although, Kyle versus Cole is always money matches, too. Yeah, but you can do that later. Yeah. yeah like, you break the team up and then have them feud on or you, Or you do that first, and then they said, you know, they have one of those moments, you know, after match, shaking hands, mutual respect, and team up after. And yeah. And you get and, the box come down saying, hey, what's going on? Yeah. And we get the reformation of Red Dragon out of that. Uh, Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly, who I saw at Ring of Honor at like a half a dozen times, and they were always good. Well, my one, who, and you know, yeah, they're still, especially one of them's really young. Um, I think, given time, and especially if they get you know, cracked, you know, clean out, you know, get some of those rough edges cleaned up. Uh, Jurassic Express could have some lasting if they stay together. If yeah, they stay together, yeah. the boy seems like. He's yeah, destined for, for single stardom. Yeah, yeah, that's the problem. They could go the route of the of the Rockers, where it's like, yeah, Jungle Boy becomes something, Luch- and Luchasaurus. Luchasaurus just... is not going to ever get any better. No, but he's he's, he's he's a big man that can move. He sells no. action figures, though. That's... He sells action figures, but he's shit. He's never going to get better. Oh, I disagree. But... He's really good. He he. The problem is, is he doesn't wrestle a big man style, and it takes a little while getting used to it. He flies around like a luchador, but he's a six foot like six luchador. Yeah, but the only problem I have with him is his stuff is sloppy. I don't find it so much that there there is definitely something missing in them, and and part of me wonders if he he has had a bunch of injuries in the last little while that takes him out of it. I'm still waiting for AEW to pull the trigger on Santina and Ortiz because they haven't really done anything with those two as a team. Though that's another tag team who is really good, and 
they come and go. Like uh, I think that's if it's the the nice problem to have kind of thing is AEW has so many tag teams. Yeah, yeah. well, did not other than the, the one box, guy's father none die? Of them really get a lot of airtime. Didn't the one? Didn't the one guy's father die or something in the middle of? Yeah, the, kind of because that's why he was gone for like a few weeks. Then there was an injury in there too. Yeah, so they've had some things where they where they've started and then had to kind of pause and so. Part of when I was picking teams. Was like I know the Hart Foundation never really left the WWF, so they never. But the WWF division was so full at that time. Mm-hmm. Like Survivor Series just passed, but I like the old Survivor Series when you had the tag team Survivor Series match, and then you had like an IC. Yeah, but you had so many good tag teams. It was wasn't hard to put like five teams on each side of the ring. Yeah. And that kind of helped where I was going with it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like you just said, with AEW is so full with tag teams right now. WWE could be if they actually put some effort behind it. Like, there's a bunch of, like, solid teams just sort of hiding there in the background. Like, yeah, you know, like, give, like, uh, they're doing well as singles, but uh, Tommaso Ciampa and... Uh, Johnny Gargano, bring them DIY. up on as DIY. Put them on the main roster that because you're quite frankly, I don't think they're going to do main roster singles runs with either of those guys. Probably not Gargano at the very least, where they should, but I don't think they're going to. Put them on as a tag team. Have them do rehab the war machine into something but good again. There's, there's your thing right there is when you look at tag teams that go to the main roster, what happens to them? Yeah. Like like we mentioned, War Machine, the Viking Raiders, were so good in Ring of Honor, they move fast. We saw the guy going off the top onto the crowd. And the, the, like, the one guy wow. does cartwheels. Exactly. And they did nothing with them. They had the Ascension, who wasn't great, but it was two big guys. It was a good working team. They had them get buried their first night out there. They had FDR doing stupid things. Well, you'd think they'd be more in favor of having... Uh, you no know, tag team matches. It's, it's more people out on TV, maybe getting over, selling more merchandise but instead of just getting, you know, oh, I think dependent like, on with, the same people every week. With what Brent said, though, is where Vince doesn't seem to be interested yeah. in tag teams and it shows. Yeah. Unless he could throw two guys together that aren't doing anything so he could eventually do something with one of those guys. He's, mm. It's almost like. He wants a lot of rockers, and he's just looking for that Shawn Michaels out of the group. Yeah, that's a, actually a pretty good analogy for it. I mean, the last team they really did anything where everybody really branched, well, the New Day, but like the Shield, which none of us mentioned, mm. were a dominant team, and then they've all gone on to win heavyweight titles at one time. And I think the reason I, I didn't mention the Shield, I think as like a faction they were pretty cool, is that... Again, it's a case of where was the tag team in there? You know, like yeah. like the and you can't even go with like the Freebird rule in this case, right? Like okay. that, like they did swap around a lot, but Ambrose was the, the U.S. champion for the longest time. Yeah. Well, at least with the New Day, you can you would recognize where it would be Biggie and mm-hmm. Kofi wrestling, yeah, or. You know, when Kofi was champion, then it was it was uh, Xavier Woods and Big E. Like it, you could see the pieces interchange. Like with the Shield, okay, like Ambrose was U.S. champ, 
And then you get a tag team with Roman and Seth, and then it would all just go to Schmoz anyways. Mm-hmm. I to th- to throw on like some sort of a different view of a similar question. The best tag team we never saw or didn't see much of was uh, Brock Lesnar and Shelton Benjamin. Because I've seen footage from when they were in Florida Championship Wrestling. It's either that or OVW, whichever one they were there. OVW. And they, like, had they stuck them, like, and I understand why, is you look at Brock Lesnar, even at that point. Brock! Well, he was doing shooting star presses. This is a, I don't know what book it's from. I think I think it's called like uh, an insider's look at the WWE or something like that. It's about it's an oral history of the WWE. There's a footnote that um, Gavin sent me like a picture of, and I don't know who said it, but it's like you see Brock Lesnar doing a shooting star press and is like walking around a corner and seeing two unicorns fucking. It's just this magical thing that you never expect to see. Well, Brock Lesnar was basically a botched shooting star press away from maybe the greatest WrestleMania match ever. Well, yeah. But those two guys as a tag team were, again, power guy who could do, like much like Scott Steiner, could do exceptional things. And then you had the technician and Shelton Benjamin... Those two guys were like, had they stuck them together and like made a tag team division around them, would have been money. Although Benjamin and Haas weren't a bad team. No, they were they were very solid as well. They were the world's greatest tag team. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I don't know. I like. I'm a big fan of tag team wrestling. I there was a lot to choose from. Mm. I didn't get to get the Moon Dogs on the wall, but. <laughs> I nearly launched my list with the moon dogs just to cut you off. You and the moon dogs. I don't know why. I just like them. I just one of those things. Yeah, I, like. I think everybody's got a team like that. You're a kid. You saw these guys coming with bones to the ring. And, oh, that's cool. I hope they beat the hell out of that other team. I weirdly remember, like as a kid, thinking the dream team, Brutus Beefcake and Greg the Hammer Valentine, were like the greatest thing ever. I haven't gone back and watched their matches you're, as an adult. <laughs> Come on, Greg DeHammer Valentine. Oh, he was good. I don't know. I, I'm very curious to see what Brutus was like before the parasailing accident. Like if he was, because he's not very good after that point. Like he's all right, but he, he's but there's only so many things you can do with a guy you can't hit in the face at all. No, so I, I like the demolition. I thought they were a great team. Yeah, like I said, I was. I like the powers of pain. I really like Barbarian for some reason. Yeah. There, somebody did a professional photo shoot with him and Haku. They were tag teaming. Uh, no, like like I want to say like six months ago, maybe even less. Oh, okay. And just like of their, their heads and their faces and like at their age and stuff. And I'm like, why aren't these guys on The Mandalorian? <laughs> they wouldn't make like just the, like not main character actors, but put them in the, in the background as like old Mandalorians kind of thing. They would be amazing. <laughs> So what you're saying is they'd make great Star Wars aliens, is what you're saying. Not even, not aliens, just like... Well, the, everybody's well, an alien, depending on what planet you yeah, came from. Yeah, that's true, I suppose. I mean, Humanoid so aliens. We didn't even touch on. Like, they used to even have, like, jobber tag team, like the Conquistadors. Yeah. Knew they were going to lose, but, you know, they were still a team. You took them... Oh, they're an actual real team, though. Mm. Hey, yo. 
what about the outsiders? That popped up in a couple lists that oh, I saw. Yes. I think for me in my head, it's like a tag team should have a tag team finisher, and they, I don't think they actually did. No, but I they were they worked incredibly well with one another. Yeah, but I never I never viewed them really as a tag team though. Mm. There were two guys that were coming in, and they were in the aftermath. When you look back in hindsight, like yeah, they were a tag team, but they were just kind of two guys that were just coming in to invade the place. Yeah, they were the, the they were the seeds of a faction. Yeah, I'm always curious, like this, DX. I, I keep meaning to look up because I've. It's popped up in my feed is the the Wrestle Rock Rumble song, which has all the AWA guys of the time. Like it was a a take on uh, what the Super Bowl Shuffle, but it's like these wrestlers who have no sense of musical timing. But it reminded me of oh yeah, there was a point where Scott Hall and Kurt Henning were a tag team. Yeah. And I'm like, I keep meaning to look that up to see what they were like. I, I saw one of those on the on the network. Yeah, it was an AWA show, and it, yeah, it was uh, Hall and Hennig, and you know, they're that's when Scott Hall was really good. Yeah, but yeah, when you look at like the attitude there, you guys, a lot of you, a couple of you guys brought up Edge and Christian. There were, a, it was still a good tag division though, because you had like the Headbangers and you had the New Age Outlaws came along, and yeah. Was, too cool was in there at one time, and so they. Act- but the Rock and Sock. I'm actually bidding on a set of those action figures say. right now. <laughs> <laughs> if I if I get it for five dollars, I will be happy to get that. Well, set. we were looking at it the other day. It's an actually it's a decent set. Like it's a the the Rock figure. Yeah, it's a young Rock. It's a, yeah, it's a young Rock sculpt. But the Mick Foley figure looks pretty good. Yeah. But if you ever go back and like you go to Wikipedia or somewhere, and you could look at like. The lineage of the tag titles. Mm. You start looking at some teams that were winning belts. Like there was like the Godwinds and the Body Donis and like the the Smoking. Is like what the hell are these? Like what the hell was wrong with the tag division? Like these guys were champs. Yeah, but at the same time, you look at the DNA of those teams, and there's some good stuff in there. Yeah, like I don't know so much about the Godwinds, but like Chris Candido, it was really good. Well, it was. But, you know, again, it takes me back to when you look at teams from, like, the 80s that never won tag belts. Yeah. And you're like, this team's way better than that team. These guys never won a belt. And these guys held it, like, three times? Mm. Are you kidding me? But sometimes that's how it goes. Well, that's it for this episode of Mount Wrestlemore. We'll probably be back in a couple months or a month or two with another episode because I've got like a bunch more ideas <laughs> for topics. Uh, in the meantime, uh, I know Ed doesn't have any sort of social media presence or podcasts other than this one. No, I'm on vacation in January. I have no presence at all right now. <laughs> He's a ghost. But... Uh, you guys are kind of a combo, so you guys can pick who goes first and does your plug-in. Well, you do the plug of our of our podcast. Oh, yeah. Well, you can get shit later. <laughs> That's a whole other podcast right there. Yeah. Uh, uh, you can catch Ed Snowhark uh, with and myself on our podcast Tales from the Collectorverse. Uh, it comes out every third Thursday uh, on this same podcast channel. Uh, you can also follow us on Tales from Collectorverse on Instagram. And then you can catch me on the main True North Nerds every other week. Oh, good. You did my plug for me. Yep, there you go. Brent's there, too. Yep. Snowhawk. And you can find me on all social media on Snowhawk Cosplay. And that's Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, wherever. Type in Snowhawk Cosplay and you can find me. And again, uh, on Tales from Collectiverse. And uh, recently 
posting some new photos and videos of our recent pickups. Um, so Tales from Collectiverse is a action figure and collectible focused podcast. And again, we think that uh, we're never going to have anything each month, and each month we get more and more shit. Yep. So. Yep. <laughs> Alrighty, thank you for listening and uh, tune into all our other shows and then come back when this one reappears whenever we, we choose to do so again. <laughs> <laughs>